Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Welcome to the AEW Dynamite Winter is Coming preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AEW Dynamite, but also AEW Rampage, Raw, SmackDown, the show formerly known as NXT Dubai. Oh, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bigger quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidgwick to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Dynamite because, Michael Sidgwick, tonight, winter is coming. Oh, sorry, I pressed the wrong button. That wasn't was meant to sound What like that. button were you meant to press was, on the soundboard? Yeah, it says wintry scene, but uh just sounds like someone... Ejaculate, yeah, so in a very pained and agonized yeah. way <laughs> because that's Shane McMahon's stupid attempt at pro wrestling selling because he's an idiot. But right, that's one side. Uh, what a lovely visual to start the podcast with, first of all. And second, God, of he all, looks like he, to be honest, he looks like he's in the vinegar strokes every time he wrestles, <laughs> like this red, sweating, just asshole. Uh, <laughs> completely overshadowing now our preview of this show, which is stacked. Yeah, yeah, it's stuck, and I was like, <laughs> already? This uh, stacked is the word. This could also be extremely special indeed. Yes. Um, if last week's Texas crowd is any indication, and indeed the uh, 60% of the AEW arenas, because they go to Texas all the goddamn time, <laughs> the crowd should be hot. Uh, the card looks tremendous. The elite have never wrestled a match that isn't loud, which... Oh. <laughs> Indicates that they are really quite good at this crowd psychology malarkey, and it will—it's guaranteed to be great if you're into that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It would be a—it would be like the weirdest aberration fuck up ever mm. if they don't work something that's great. And the go home promo ensures that MGF versus Ricky Starks is going to be a white hot main event. And I just think this has got potential to be a special episode of TV in the actual sense, not, oh, it's a special because it's winter is coming. Like, yes. Truly special. Yeah. Well, was it match four of the best of seven? Match four, yeah. Um, well, let's start in the obvious place. Let's start in a weird reverse order. 
with the main event. Um, winner takes all, of course, because this isn't just for the AW World Championship. It is also for the beautiful diamond ring. Ricky Starks versus MJF. Uh, the road to, as I'm sure you're saving for just before you head, it's the pillow tonight, is a sensational build between these two and just goes to show that, yeah, they're going to be seminal talents in this, well, not industry, but... Uh, Business! For many, many years to come. It is a relatively predictable outcome, but I guarantee there's going to be something in this that I'm going to go... Oh, cool. Guess the Reign of Terror is going to be a couple of weeks or something. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's the most difficult but necessary part of booking a long title reign. And AEW wants to book long title reigns because they want to attach concepts of prestige to this uh, championship and all of the others. They want to make these titles feel like elusive prizes that you have to either concoct a devilishly clever scheme if you're a heel to attain... Or you have to have the fight of your life after a long, long build and struggle if you're a babyface to win. So the byproduct of that very noble and, one might argue, necessary uh, means of building your titles is that the first however many defences don't have much drama to them. They've played a blinder. This has to be the most perfect, perfect example of nailing um, the first title defence and turning um, a bug into a feature. Mm. As you said, there's going to be a near fall here where you are going to think the Reign of Terror is going to be like a red herring and it's just not going to happen for MJF. Ultimately, if you don't... The result's not in any real significant doubt if you use the rational part of your head. The trick, therefore, is to make people want the outcome and desire it so much that they are willing to just switch off the rational part of their brain in the throes of drama, and then that's how you get lost in the story as a result. And God damn it, they've done it last week through the sheer strength of the go-home promo, and people will be willing to suspend their disbelief. That's something um, completely unfathomable is going to happen. I've got absolutely zero reservations over the match quality. I think that Ricky Starks is... An awesome babyface. MGF is one of the best professional wrestlers on this God's green earth. And they've heightened the emotion to such an extent on the go home, selling it credibly as nothing less than the fight of Ricky Stark's life, that there's going to be an urgency to the tone. It's going to feel really personal already. Mm. Like, I'm going to smack the mole off your neck. Like, <laughs> I hate you, you brown-nosed bastard, all the rest of it. Um, should ensure that the atmosphere is white hot. Work-wise, Ricky Starks is increasing fury and sadness that he's getting cheated out of it by that little bastard at every turn is going to really build and build and build and build throughout. Uh, yeah, I've got enormous expectations for this, and I think they're justified to. MGF's going to win. I'm looking forward to thinking, or rather feeling, that he isn't going to win. Yeah, I was just trying to think about what you do to make people buy a, a, a title switch. Spear, obviously, is is Ricky Starks' go-to thing, but I don't know whether I'd go, right, he's going to win off the back of that. Whether there is, like you say, some chicanery with, with MJF, cutting corners as he often does. Maybe he, I don't know, swings for Ricky Starks with the belt or clocks him in the bollocks early on, and Ricky Starks is like, oh, we're having that sort of a match because I'm trying to basically write around Ricky Starks using an, a foreign object in there and making it making him feel completely justified in it. Because I like the idea of something like MJF later on in the match again, 
referee goes down or whatever, or gets distracted, uh, and you get the swing of the belt from MJF, and he turns back around into the beautiful diamond ring punch, which we've seen as knocked people out before by Starks. I don't know whether that'd be a good uh, false finish. Yeah, turnabout being fair play yeah. is a big trope in professional wrestling. I do expect them actually to go that route. And yeah, I don't know what the false finish is going to be exactly, but I know I'm going to buy it. Mm-hmm. Like I trust these two guys implicitly to deliver that. Uh, but Rick, uh, Ricky Starks, a valiant failure, because we've talked about it in a podcast, which is, should already be out, in fact, about future world champions in 2023. This is long-term story stuff with the uh, Ricky Starks title chase, I think. Yes, absolutely. He's like, he's not going to win. Um, But what I, even if I get really irritated or worse, bored by certain AEW like tropes and devices and the interrupted backstage interviews and the recruitment gimmicks and the like, is that over, it's just over three-year history at this point, I've never, I've lost faith in some of the actual finishes, but I've never lost faith in their ability to do these really clever, detailed things in matches that get people over in defeat. They're just very, very clever, and they encourage their very talented wrestlers and roster to be clever. So even if I don't know exactly what the false finish is going to be, it's going to be great, and I will... Doubt highly that I'm going to think any less of Starks for not winning. Uh, 2-1 to Death Triangle in this best of seven series. Match four tonight. Uh, You were showing me earlier they've done a nice touch. Was it a basketball-themed preview for this? What's it called? Basically, it was the theme tune for NBC's NBA coverage. Something round ball rock. Oh, right. And it's like this really sort of retro-tinged, sports-oriented <laughs> uh, accompaniment to the way this has all been built. I would go 2-2 two, two for this. Yeah. The second one of them hits three, you know that the elite basically are going to win the rest of it. So I would go 2-2. Two, two. You could even do the elite go 3-3. Three, three. They're playing a tweener role at the minute. They love to do it. They'll do it situationally, but they're playing a, t- a tweener role where the idea is that they are so over and so popular amongst the real hardcores that you can't go full heel. There's a overlap between the heel and babyface alignments in Death Triangle as well, so it's all very fluid. It's all very situational. Um, but I do think the idea is that the elite, if they go 3-2 up in what would be the sixth match, they could get so cocky and be at their absolute worst slash best in terms of entertainment value and character attributes that they could lose the six match and then realize they're going to need to gut it out in the babyface performance of their career as a trio to that point to win the seventh please manifesting yet again Escalera de la Muerte for the Kia Forum um, but I expected to go 2-2 because otherwise you are risking like the ultimate ultimate babyface comeback if they go 3-1 down they have to win the next three and it's just I don't know. It, I trust these guys more than literally any other professional wrestler on the planet to be able to convince you that they are not going to do it over the course of the next three matches should they go 3-1 down tonight. But I just think it's way more interesting. Yeah. And I don't want people to bitch and moan online. Yeah, 3-1 down. 
they'll still make you think they're going to lose the whole thing before it goes to the seventh match. Yeah. They will in the moment, I guarantee it. But I don't see why they should make it that hard for themselves. And again, I can't lay this match out. I'm not Kenny Omega or the Elite. I've got some things that they haven't done in my head that they could do to make it more interesting. But they'll do something in the first five minutes where I'll inevitably think, oh, that's the tone. That's the layout that you're going for this week. And um, we've had the the irreverent QCM Punk match. They've had the wild brawl on the outside. They've done the establishing match where it's like vintage, ugh, sorry, Death Triangle <laughs> versus the Elite in the play. But there's loads of stuff they haven't even done yet that has been a feature of these sorts of matches and the Young Bucks and Lucha Brothers matches before that. They haven't even touched the apron for moves yet. Yeah. Um, Kenny Omega hasn't executed the one-winged angel, and because he's such a goddamn genius at his craft, if they can film it well enough, and they apparently have just signed the the production head honcho yes. who can tighten that stuff up, they can film this well enough. He's not averse to a one-winged angel getting broken up because it's not a kick-out. Yeah. But because it's such a mythological move at this point where... It just feels like 100%, no gray area, guaranteed kill shot. The win is imminent the second that he hits it. If they do a save from some kind of ridiculous Phoenix aerial as well, then that'll have a massive, massive reaction because they are just conditioned to think it's the very end. So there's loads to play with, and there's loads of stuff that I can never conceive mm. of these six men playing with. So I'm very much looking forward to it. I'm very interested in how it's set apart. Again, I've got full belief that they can do it. Almost no, not almost. Guaranteed to be great unless something horrific happens. Um, but 2-2. Two, two. Yeah. Yeah, I agree in terms of the, the layout of the, the scores as well. I think with a best of seven, the key thing is is to make as many matches as possible uh, an unpredictable outcome. And the way we've worked this, one, two, three, four, five, literally only match six is predictable because yeah. match six is going to take us to a tie to take us to match seven because you're not going to go all that way to... Yeah, 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 But I think if, yeah, if Death Triangle win tonight, you go, cool, so match five and match six are relatively predictable and then we get to... So I think you're, I think you're right. Um, like you say, they've done a lot of uh, recurring themes throughout this best of seven so far, mainly Hammer Sturf. Yeah. How does that factor in for you tonight? Well, I'm not entirely sure, but I've just worked out... Something they could do if they go 3-2 up and get very hubristic, they could um, do a skit on BTE about what on earth they're going to do in California because they don't have to do the seventh match. And like they like doing these winking nods of what people are thinking in wrestling and they do skits based around it. So that's another reason why they could go 3-2 up. Well, they um, like a, maybe not even more football than, than wrestling, like an open-top bus parade for after... Week six or game six, yeah. And it's like, oh, we're still, we're still not won them yet, or a signing or a photo thing. You're like, where are your belts? Oh, we haven't got them yet. Uh, we thought we would have them by this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice like touch. that kind of thing. Um, I, uh, how does the hammer come into effect? So the first time Phoenix used it, and then starting to like the hammer. <laughs> to paraphrase there, Johnny Gargano for some reason, and then the second time, Matt Jackson was getting off with it, basically. And just made a tit of himself. Penner had his own one, didn't he? Like yeah, the second yeah. One. And then the third one, um, the knees were up, so they couldn't even use the hammer. Um, Phoenix has started to be like, I'm not sure if they yeah, should win sure every match this. like this. Aye. So maybe the, uh, Phoenix could actually refuse to use the hammer, 
get beat, bringing it to 2 2. And then in the, the fifth match, or the fourth, fifth? Fifth, yeah, it would be. Fifth, that you could use it again. I don't know. I, I, I don't want to lay out an Elite versus Death Triangle match. Yeah, it's, it's very, weird. very intimidating. It's weird. it's weird for a match that we've seen three times already. We're going to see three times after this. It's still like. I don't really know how this is going to play out, yeah. and even down to the results. That's but, a testament to how great they are. But yeah, a win for the elite from us tonight. Yes. <laughs> I'm counting on my fingers again. Yeah. Win for 2-2 would be, yep, yeah, a win for the elite. Yeah. There we go. Uh, let's I hope it starts in the ring. Yes. Starts yeah. in the ring. MJF versus Starks has to main event. But maybe I'm getting ahead of myself because later on I might need help in trying to order the show. Yes, good point. <laughs> Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy, Allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be Big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Um, we might as well talk about this alongside the uh, the trios championships because it feels like that's on the horizon for House of Black. Uh, they're in action tonight. Now, we saw Eddie Kingston and Ortiz challenge them on Rampage. I don't believe that's this match. Um, they, may, they may factor into it post-match, for example. Um, but often when we see on Rampage, so-and-so in action... It's a brief squash match, and I'd be totally fine with that here with um, House of Black murdering some people I've never heard of before. Yes, I've got precisely two thoughts ahead of this match because it's a foregone conclusion, and it only exists to remind you how cool and formidable and badass um, the House of Black are. Thought number one, worried. I'm not saying he's not a safe worker because he very much is. He doesn't get enough credit for that, Brody King, for just how... Dangerous stuff 
looks. Mm. But that poor guy's neck, whoever's taken the uh, the, gan- the Gonzo <laughs> bomb, every single time he just executes it so well. So I'm worried about that, even though I shouldn't be. And I want to know what they look like. So I think this is all going to be about the aesthetics. What AEW are brilliant at, and I just love this about them, and I will never not put it over, is the details and just the little beautiful accompaniments that run through these shows. They are going to have a look for the ages, I suspect. Um, I'm hoping it isn't Seth Rollins' WrestleMania 34. White Walkers, because the House of Black and the House is a big part of Thrones as well, so I hope they don't go the easy route. Basically, just look like black metal again. Like Black metal's hardly a summer genre, (laughs) so it very much fits into the wintry aesthetic. So if they can do the black metal, like maybe Snowfall. Then you can have Brody King shake it off like he did the dust, was it, in those vignettes that they had him? Yeah. But if, again, if it might, not, it might look like a dog yeah. coming out of the bath. <laughs> uh, I, I just want them to look very, very, very cool, very distinct, some kind of fusion with the, uh, the aesthetic of the show. The fact that it's a special show, I just want the... Their entrance is awesome enough as it is, but I just want them to go the extra mile to just really put over the elite. If they win this, are in significant trouble. Mm, yeah, and what, exactly. what would technically be their first defense? Yeah, they because just, they've won it, couldn't defend it. If they win the series, they'll win it, and after all of that, their first defense could be in jeopardy. Yeah, yeah, it does feel like they're the uh, the obvious route to take, which is I'm totally fine with because it's yeah, it's just the. Like, oh, finally, we got through his best of seven series. <sighs> Who's next? Oh, bollocks. <laughs> so, yeah, just some poor local enhancement talent uh, getting destroyed by Brody King and Buddy. And just them. find the stupidest, palest, gawkiest dork that's just passable enough in retro- uh, wrestling school where they can protect themselves and feed them to Brody yeah. King. Taking on the House of Black, it's Ed, Ed, and Eddie. Yeah. <laughs> Just run through these losers. No offense. I'm sure they'll have a lovely evening right up until the point moment Brody King gets his hands on yeah. him. Uh, we've got a bit of a grudge match in the women's division tonight. Uh, profiled as well on the road to obviously the history of Ruby Soho and Tay Mello and the shattering of her wrist and her nose that uh, Tay did to, to Ruby to take her out. And then she returned, obviously. Um, how do you see this one playing out? To very little heat, sadly, because have they done enough on TV? And I know that's that age-old thing of, like, just go and watch the YouTube. I would love that to be the case, but increasingly, I think, a match of this, with this much history packed into it, does deserve more of an angle mm. rather than just a return. Because it wasn't just the uh, the broken nose or something that um, Mello inflicted upon... Um, Soho at All Out, the zero hour. Mm-hmm. She's also broke her hand. Was that covered in the road? Yes, too? yeah, they Good. should have slammed the I've door. not watched it yet. I'm glad because that's a big part of the story. They should have had a go-home promo. They should have had more build on television because it's going to be a little bit bleak when you realize that these two performers do have a lot of history, but what does it really matter if you don't think enough of that history to tell it? Because usually the indication is if you've got a great story, you're more than happy through video packages and the like um, to really sell it and just reinforce it. They haven't done enough of that. So I do worry that, and again, the only history that these fans will really take into account is the history of systemic 
apathy that courses through <laughs> this women's division, and that's what they are going to learn the lesson of. And look, Soho was really over once upon a time. Maybe the fact that fans might have missed her will drive a bit of heat here. But again, unless you're talking about a handful of performers, it's really hard to get into the prospect of a women's match on AEW TV because they don't do enough to promote them or at large um, get this stuff over. So it's a shame. They've got the story. Soho's probably desperate to impress because the first run just did not go very well at all, in my opinion. But they're going to have to really work hard here. Yeah, exactly. I think it's annoying this because, like, they had the big return for Soho, what was it, a couple of weeks ago? And, yeah, all it takes is a tiny bit of work on Dynamite, not on Rampage, because you've got a far smaller viewership and, you know, you know the same the same applicable to what you said about YouTube there. Just a thing last week, like, and don't put it all in the women's section, the 15 minutes, there we go, and then don't worry, we'll get back to the men in a second. Yeah. Just a brief thing of, like, you broke my hand, you could have ended my career with that, you broke my face, you cost me more months out of this, you know, I'm coming to kick your ass next week. Rather than just because, like, it feels like beyond what's going on with Soraya and Britt Baker and Jamie Hayer, I collect them together because of that sort of I don't know it works. And Tony Storm, and Jay just, and the baddies, yeah, they just drop stuff and then go right. Care about this from four weeks ago? It's yeah. like really, you know, you didn't like go we'll just not have Jungle Boy for a bit unless he's injured. Like he was always yeah. there. Someone with uh, Luchasaurus, Christian Cage, and Jungle Boy was always there unless they were severely shoe injured. I realize this might undermine my consistent take that wrestling fans aren't goldfish and don't need every single thing explained to them. But this is the opposite end of that extreme. It's like, well, you do need to build this. Yeah. Actually. Uh, and sort of reiterate that point, Michael Sidgwick. It's time to play the game! Time to play, Time to play game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is the name of that game? Well, then, well, the aim of the game, before we get to the name of the game, is to satirize Shining a harsh, unflinching, consistent light every single week on the systemic apathy that runs through this division, the obligatory, apathetic nature of it. We are trying to highlight that by one day, collectively guessing the exact hour, minute, second of the first time you hear the first note of the first woman to emerge for the obligatory dynamite match. If we can get that hour, minute, second, we'll have won the game. We don't actually want to win. No. We'd like to win the game by them having two women's matches on dynamite. Yes, absolutely. But unfortunately, to make it a little bit more, um, less of this really grim, bleak chore, uh, we have a jingle. And we... Uh, express the name of the game via the jingle, which is, and this is ladies night, and I'm thinking, oh, what a lady. Hamlet messaged us. Did he? He did, yeah. Shout uh, out to uh, Adam Blair, at Adam Wilson 4, for keeping all the, uh, uh, the information. Dada. Thank you uh, on all this. Um, I'll read you the rankings after we get uh, Hamlet's time for this week. He was way off last week, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, absolutely tr- uh, horrendous guess. <laughs> um, this week he has said uh, one hour, uh-huh. 54 minutes, right, and 22 seconds. He said something about a standby match, and this is going to be the standby match. Got it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, Hamlet, they've already announced it. I think because he's 
got a WWE brain and impromptu matches and he yeah, doesn't really yeah, get yeah. the standby stuff. So he gets confused. So uh, unfortunately, so I think I, he's I think, got confused. I think he might be slightly off there. And uh, But I do like the idea of him thinking, you know what, <laughs> winter is coming with MJF versus Ricky Starks, winner takes all. I think the women are going to get the main event for this show, actually. I think they're going to tell the men, right, lads, wrap it up. We've got five minutes of this show left. Uh, I think it's time for the time for the women's match in four and a half minutes or whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, I'll go next uh, because, obviously, then you can talk us through your, your thought process yeah, for your yeah, timings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a feeling that they are they've been better. Uh, they're going to give. Well, there's only a, a one, two, three, five matches. Four. No, oh, Chris Jericho oh, yeah, is in action. Five matches. I think he's in action. Yeah, it was certainly we, at least bare minimum we hear from Chris Jericho. No, it's in action. I think. Um, uh, one's a squash. That's going five minutes at worst. Uh, and then the other two matches, not including the women's, and uh, you know the, the presumed Chris Jericho squash as well. Uh, should get boatloads of time. So, I'm going to go second hour, shock horror. I'm going to go one hour, uh, 17 minutes and 33 seconds. Okay. Right. Uh, in order to arrive at the best estimate mm-hmm. for the uh, winning ladies' night time, I need to like map out how the show is going to unfold in my head and the various moving parts. Uh, so, um, talk me through that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Boomers go ignite. Some of in a flash of light. Bring the ball down to my Wednesday night. You know what that means? I'm not here again. <laughs> Carry on my way, Wednesday. Oh my God, until I come. Oh, wait, wait a minute! Holy sh! What's that? They're already in the ring. Uh, I think they're gonna. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, they're going to go long in the main event, I think. Yes. They want to really establish this reign with a classic and protect Ricky Starks in the meantime. So I think that's going to go about 22 minutes, which would mean that they go 135. So that means he's got a business done in one hour, 20, 15. What was it last week? It was. One hour, 20, 30. So, yeah. It'd be interesting, that. Yeah. Oh, imagine if we get it. Could you imagine? I don't want to get it. This is getting close as well, because... I'll do. I'll, I'll put a time in next week, but I won't be here to find out the results. But it's... Because I've got a, a wor- an unassailable lead in the 2022 standings for this, which is... Not something I ever wanted, if I'm perfectly honest. But, yeah, the Dadleys tied on six correct guesses each. Like, and, well, place your bets now as to who thinks closest. <laughs> one hour 20, what was it? 15. Yeah. Versus yeah. one fifty-five. Yeah. 
I'm leaning one way, I'll say that, but I won't reveal which way I'm leaning. <laughs> uh, finally, you mentioned Chris Jericho there. Uh, what is next for the... Um, the Ocho! <laughs> he's not the Ocho anymore. Well, he, well, I suppose technically he is. He's just not a world champion anymore. Yeah, yeah, he's still an eight-world title reign. It's the Ocho past tense. Yes. He's been the, the former Ocho. Ocho. The former Ocho. Uh, yeah, it's the sort of final battle fallout. Uh, yeah. Interesting to see what happens for him next, and I suppose for the JAS, because thank Christ, I think the BCC stuff's over. It must be. It must be. It must be. He might tease otherwise, but I don't know. Look, I think, given that they were doing spots in the full gear, ROH four-way, I think it's finally time to... I think the whole idea is that Chris Jericho has gone out clean. Uh, he's had that match with Ishii where he won clean. Rick Bonnie has been saying, he's actually, a, I don't know if he means to do this, but he's actually a pretty good and honourable and consistent ROH champion. So I think they've been doing the slow burn baby phase. Ultimately, I don't think there's that much of a clamour for it to happen. But that's the way I think everything's going. And Sammy Guevara mm-hmm. versus Chris Jericho feels like the revolution match to me. Yes. Because they've teased descent, they've came close to really sort of throwing it down at full gear. So that feels like the one for me, and Sammy Guevara can't be a babyface. Absolutely cannot be a babyface. They can do um, Zabisco San Martino, where the impatient pupil, under the belief that the... Like, they'll never do the promos justice. No. Because they were unbelievable. But the impatient pupil... Uh, decides that, no, I think my master's actually holding me back and I'm going to kick his ass for it because he's holding me down sort of thing. So I think that'll be the template. I think that'll be the next move. I think Chris Jericho will handily dispatch someone and say something to the effect of, uh, I don't know, I think he, does he turn babyface tonight or does he get turned on and then become a babyface? I think. And then work Lionheart against the former JAS. So we got a bit. Hang on, let me Google this very quickly. Should have done this earlier. Uh, 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 uh. Because this stable conquer one, they've already lost to pro wrestling. So that's it. It is done. So their raison d'etre no longer exists. You can't turn sports entertainment babyface in the context of AEW. This stable, narratively, if it makes any sense, kind of has to be done. What about, because Revolution's not till what, 5th March? Early March, in it, And I know they've got bits in between and, you know, when New Year's smash and all that. Just think in the interim, rather than, because uh, like you say, a lot of these feuds and matches, we can see coming a mile off. Um, and, you know, I appreciate a long-term build, I don't think they all need it, and I think you can have it in plain sight, but also, like the Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter thing, for example. So I think, you know, Danielson's going to be set up quite, established quite early for, for MJF, for example. And I think, we, yeah, I think you're right. Jericho versus Sammy is the match for Revolution. I was just thinking, what can they do in the interim? And I just thought, does this happen before? My brain's mush this time of year. What about, especially considering what we're watching tonight, right? So... Uh, Chris Jericho just, uh, uh, what's it called? Judas Effect. Judas Effect, thank you. I told you it was much. Uh, Judas Effects, Luther, or wherever you see space in Serpentico. Just some someone basically can beat, right? And he's still technically a heel right now, and he's not going to be babyface tonight for me. 
I think tonight he just gets on a rant of just like, you know, he's been drunk on power. He's the leader of the JAS and blah, blah, blah. He's, you know, no one can stop him and he's the greatest world champion and blah, blah, blah. And then who else? Who? 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 I like, I, you like to do new do. I like, I like to do uh, Uncle Howdy. Yeah. <laughs> who else has a dynamic where you've got this multiple-time world champion and a younger protege that's tipped to be one of the pillars of AEW, particularly with a link to Winter is Coming. That's right, I'm talking Chris Jericho versus Sting. That's what I'm booking. Yeah. I'm booking Chris Jericho. Well, not necessarily just Chris Jericho and Sting, because they've got a combined age of about 150. But Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, who's been kind of like pulled, like, I don't really think I want to do this, Chris. Versus Sting and Darby Allen. Oh my god! We get more Sammy versus Darby stuff. Just call me butter, baby. I'm on a roll. And Chris Jericho versus Sting will be really fun, and you know the history and blah blah blah. Um, and yeah, as part of that, Sammy decides, you know, we're just doing what you want as part of the JAS, and it's no, it's about the rest of us, and kicks him out of the group. The long term, yeah. That's I've got the idea. I don't think it's gonna happen tonight, but a great idea for that um, photo friendly shot. When the beatdown happens, Chris Jericho, massacred by the JAS, lying on his side. Sam Guevara could point his elbow into his gut and rest <gasps> the fist on his chin and do the, the sex gods pose and subvert it. Oh, R.I.P. the sex gods. Ah, oh, they should have had a tag team title run. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, the most underrated tag team in that promotion's history. They were fantastic. I suppose they could do that as well instead. Just thought that. Claimed. Ooh. Either or, don't mind. Intrigued to see what's next for the Ocho. But That's how they could split up. Give me some options there, Tony. Take what you need, brother. There you go. <laughs> right, let us know your thoughts ahead of AW Dynamite. Winter is coming tonight <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> you cock. I knew you were going to do it. I had to get it in one way or another. Uh, at what didn't have to. He did a half good point, yeah. Uh, at what culture WWE? If you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can follow both of us on Twitter. As I said, you can follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Uh, follow us all at what culture WWE. Hamlet will be here tomorrow because he's actually bothering to show up because it's a Christmas party. Uh, better part time. He's fine, by the way. Don't worry about him. He's just doing kids' Christmas stuff. And uh, speaking of Christmas stuff, Michael Sidgwick, um, I've got this friend, right, who, who loves wrestling, listens, yeah. listens to this podcast religiously and leaves five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, in fact, because he's that good of a guy. Yeah. But I, I got him for Secret Santa, um, and I'm just I'm just stuck for what to buy him that could really educate him or just entertain him um, with regards to a promotion that isn't them what over there in WWE. Any ideas? Does he like to read? He does like to read, yeah. Well, it's funny because I actually wrote the book Go on, on AEW. And if he doesn't have the context um, and, quite frankly, the insight lacking in other uh, pockets of the wrestling media, in yeah, fact. The thing is, what he really likes to read is words that are not just insightful but passionate as well. Can you, feel, can you take that box? There are 120,000 passionate and insightful words all about the formation and indeed rise of All Elite Wrestling, aptly named Becoming All Elite, the rise of AEW. But the problem is, uh, Sige, is he's a huge fan of Jeff Bezos. Any chance you can <laughs> complete the... Tr- 
trifecta. Well, it's funny you should mention that name because <laughs> he. That. Go Jeff Bezos, yay! There are arseholes who simp billionaires. Elon yeah, well, Musk there's, there's has Musk, fans. Yeah, there's definitely Musk simps. And uh, I don't know why you're friends with one of them, but <laughs> he's in luck. Because if you want to give him even more money than that disgusting man needs and would ever need across a hundred and however many in lifetimes, it's available on Amazon. Oh, thank goodness. Is there another problem? Like, does he live not in England? Yeah, he doesn't live in England. Well, it's a shame... But not really, because <laughs> I can't guarantee in every single country or principality or whatever, the vast majority, <laughs> yep. Amazon deliver there, and it's available on Amazon, whichever domain. Becoming All Elite, you say? Becoming All Elite, the rise of AEW. Thanks for that. Uh, what Culture Wrestling, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, as I said, myself and the Daily Boys will be back to review this show tomorrow. Uh, you can still check out right now. Me and Sidge talking about uh, NXT and me, Sidge, and Andy talking about 2023 first-time world champions. But for now, this has been the Dynamite Winter is Coming preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.